Hello and welcome to the Comparing Notes podcast. My name is Andy Wolf and I'm joined by my co-host Ryan and Glenn. And we're three ordinary pastors from different generations talking about life and ministry. And uh, each time we start off with a question that kind of highlights our generational differences. Um, And this morning, guys, I have a question for you regarding popular culture. Um, As you think about uh, your own history, I'm wondering what was the first kind of person, star, um, news personality that you kind of pops into your head uh, as the first one that rose enough into your consciousness to know who they were? Um, It'll probably date all of us uh, to say who that was, but um, Glenn, why don't you go first? (laughs) That's the point of these questions is to date (laughs) us. Uh, Yeah, my mind first went to the the sports arena. I love baseball, so the the Willie Mays, Roger Maris, uh, just all those. But on the other side, Elvis Presley, uh, he was the first really big, big name that comes to my mind when I'm thinking of, of uh, pop culture and my, uh, uh, my consciousness. Well, I, I'm going to stay uh, kind of in that same genre. For me, the name that comes to mind is Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, dominating personality, music, mu- really kind of the first real major music videos that I saw were were Michael Jackson music videos. Um, and I can remember the zipper jackets and the single white gloves and um, all of those things uh, raised to the level for me to really pay attention to them. Um, even though I wasn't always allowed to listen to them, I, I was, uh, <laughs> I, I knew who he was, I knew his music and I could probably point out most of the songs. Okay. I'll stick with music. Um, I got to preface this. I didn't have a TV in my house till I was eight. So uh, this is going to be real young. My, and I have also the preface, my sister had a love affair with NSYNC. And so if we're talking pop culture music, I think NSYNC is the first, I hate it to this day, never liked it. But the, the if like the first person that popped in that I knew the songs because she played them incessantly and sang to them was that. Um, and the funny story around that is my sister and her friend, both of which dads were elders in our church, took them to go see NSYNC when they were like 11 <laughs> or 12. And who, whichever band, whichever art rap artist played the thong song opened for them. And so like to this day, we make fun of my dad and this other elder, like two 40 something year old white guys standing in a concert with NSYNC and like the thong song is, is on <laughs> and uh, like, and, and obviously I, I have whatever, however they have performed that. So that's hilarious. Well, the reason I started with that question is uh, maybe this goes a, a, a little bit different direction, but uh, I've been asked at different times, what is it that you do all day? Um, what, is a, <laughs> what is a pastor supposed to be? You know, when, what does a pastor do for work? And uh, I was thinking about this the other day and kind of that whole idea of maybe even social media influencers comes to mind. And I've heard several different descriptions of what a pastor is to be or to do. Um, Some people have described to me that a pastor is kind of like a CEO. He runs a business, um, does, is kind of in charge of things, makes sure things happen. Um, Other people I've talked to see people, see a pastor as almost a social media influencer uh, or a a thought leader, 
that he puts things out there um, and communicates those. Um, and even the whole context of personal branding um, or influence is a, is a big conversation. Um, I've heard other people talk about pastors as maybe small business owners, especially when it comes to, to, uh, to small churches and the way that a small business owner has to kind of wash over so many different ideas or, or directions of a small business. So I'm just interested for you guys, when you think about kind of the different things that a pastor does, where, what in business or what in culture would you relate that to if somebody was to ask you what you did? Um, how, how would you explain that to them and maybe what would you connect it to? Well, let me jump first and say you, you guys have both heard others say, if we haven't said it ourselves, Seminary didn't prepare me for this. <laughs> mm-hmm. It didn't prepare me to be the CEO. It didn't prepare me to be the, 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 the social influencer and so forth and so on. Well, what did it prepare us for? Well, it prepared us to hopefully uh, understand and then be able to explain the Bible, uh, the truth that's there, that's, that is therein, and hopefully to give us a foundation to be able to address all these other things. All that to say, I think it's interesting to look at what we get trained for and then what we're actually doing to where people would say, or we would say ourselves, we didn't get trained for this. And the reason you ask this is because, or you bring it, is because it isn't clear. It isn't clear. Uh, our, the pastoral role is a, is a role that embodies a lot of different um, opportunities uh, of, of, of expression to bring into people's lives. And that's why we're here trying to figure it out now. I so appreciate that answer, Glenn, because I feel it so much. Because Andy, as you asked the question, like, what is it? it I, well, on, on Monday, I think it's a CEO. And on Tuesday, I think it's a counselor. <laughs> and on Wednesday, as you're prepping for your sermon, you better be chief theologian and expert in whatever book you're studying. And then on Thursday, um, probably some good branding to know like how to make your website look good. And then on Friday, maybe another counselor. Um, and then Saturday, you have to be the best husband ever. And then on Sunday, you better be a killer communicator and quotable as all get out um and be able to just keep up with this with all of the you know popular preachers of the world and then make sure that you're a great ceo on monday that's tongue-in-cheek that's kind of but that is a little bit how i feel Um, no pressure and do all of those expertly yes do all of those expertly like you've been trained for them all and make, but, but also make sure that you don't sacrifice anything. Uh, yeah, I, I shouldn't, I, I think, I think this question is, is spot on me in the sense of like, what is it? I think it's, I, I don't know. Glenn, you clearly have something that. Well, I think, I think that was brilliant. I love the way you did that. And I wish it was as easy as it going day by day. Divide <laughs> yeah, it really should be like 10 a.m. this and 11 a.m. that. Yeah, let's divide the day up into thirds, and then let's divide it. I mean, it just takes you from one sphere of life to the next. Well, what is the podcaster? We didn't. I didn't add podcaster <laughs> yeah. in there. And clearly, well, it's um, we're podcasting at some point. Well, and you also didn't add the fact that if you have you know a budget meeting, you need to be the CFO, and oh if you're doing goodness. a building project, you need to be the project manager. Um, 
And then Vision Caster. Andy, I yeah. know how much you love Vision Caster. Yeah, you know, that's my favorite. Yeah, I I think it's just a I don't know how to describe it sometimes to folks. It is one of the oddest occupations, and I know it's not necessarily unique, but I feel like it's one of those those places where there is so many different things that you at least have to have some level of competency. And I say not expert, but at least a level of competency on. Um, it, I just don't know how to describe it sometimes. And then well, we have, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I, I, sir, I'm, I'm just thinking we're also, may correct me if my assumption is wrong, but when you asked that question, I thought about my size church, which is equivalent to your size church, Andy, which Glenn is equivalent to the churches, most of the churches that you, you work at, that is a, a bit of an assumption. But let's add a thousand people to all of our churches. And that changes. I, but I, I would say in some ways that may make it easier. Oh, yeah. Because we can hire the CFO to take care of the budget, and I don't have right. to write the budget. Right. I mean, both of us have been involved in churches that are much larger than we're, we're currently pastoring. And so maybe the conversation becomes, what does it look like to be a, a small church or a medium-sized church pastor? Mm -hmm. uh, I think when you are at a larger church, there's some things that you can do or farm out. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe not ignore, but, uh, but at least not have your hands, you know, in the middle of, mm -hmm. uh, but I don't know that that's always the case. Um, you know, hopefully you're blessed with good leaders around you that you can hand things off to. Um, but even in that, those cases, I think a lot of times you may not be doing it, but you at least have to have an eye towards accountability or encouragement or you know, mm -hmm. oversight, um, mm -hmm. in those things. I'm, I'm grinning because all this conversation and yet we were given the great commission. So we're supposed to go into all the world and make disciples. So we're supposed, so really what am I waking up to each day? I want to be a better follower of Christ and help others become followers of Christ. How do I get that done? But not only that, I'm supposed to do it with, with the great commandment in mind. So I'm supposed to be doing it while I'm loving everybody along the way. And then to realize, you know, really you don't have the power to do this in and of yourselves. You really have to make sure that you're dependent upon the Holy spirit to do this. So I need to be empowered by make my life is such I'm empowered by the Holy spirit to be loving my neighbor, to be following and doing the things that Jesus would do uh, that others could come to know him and follow him all in the midst of trying to interact with this world to do everything we've been talking about so far to, to see that done. Um, do we know what our North Star is each day? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and I think the, the challenge is knowing what that North Star is and then prioritizing from that point on. But then it's not that easy because then we have the expectations of our congregations. And those can be different as to what they would want us to do or how do they, how do they envision me going about making disciples or training them to be disciples and so forth and so on. Thus the milieu of this conversation and our lives. Well, and I think you bring up a great point, Glenn, because depending on where you are and when you are, I mean, you talk about the role of a pastor. We didn't even talk about the whole idea of being, you know, the, the parish chaplain. Yeah. Of mm. being in somebody's life when there is difficulty, 
you know, or just being there um, in equipping or training or being with them um, in certain aspects of life. You know, we, we typically talk about the, the marrying and burying kind of aspects, but boy, that, that's a whole nother piece um, of, of what it means to, to walk and, and be a shepherd. We, what's interesting about your question, Andy, too, is I agree, Glenn, where you went. Like that, like making disciples, proclaiming Christ is always the North Star. But then in church, there can, there can be with time at times this, um, idea that there's a right way to do that and a wrong way to do that. You, and so there's some people who go, you can't act like a CEO and you can't act like a CEO. Others say you can be an entrepreneur and not an entrepreneur. You can be a visionary, not a visionary. Branding sometimes helps that vision. Branding sometimes hurts that vision. Like there, there can be this. I, 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 I've listened kind of broadly to podcasts and read books at times. And I'm, I'm struck by the fact that if you go and maybe some conservative circles and they say, well, a pastor has to be like this, and they paint this picture of a pastor, and it looks nothing like a CEO, nothing like a visionary, nothing like an entrepreneur, nothing like a chief communicator. But then you go into other areas, and they say, well, you have to be all these things. And what I've been struck with is I've really been trying to figure out what's it look like for me to be a pastor, Mm -hmm. me to be a pastor. So much of that question of what's the proper role of a pastor is less determined by what the Bible says, not not because we're going to disagree with what the Bible says, but because the Bible doesn't say anything about it. And ultimately it's, what does it look like for you to be a pastor? So probably my style of leadership and the, the type of pastor I am is going to be different than both of you. And that's probably a good thing because I've got different strengths and we, I've got different strengths than you guys have, and you guys have different strengths than I have. And if I try to lead out of your strengths, I'm going to fail. Um, and if I don't lead out of my strengths, I'm always going to be leading out of weakness. But I don't think in this conversation we allow pastors to figure out what is the best style of leadership for you. But I'm the young and dumb one, so you guys can <laughs> tell me where I'm wrong. Well, and I think, you, Ryan, you're pointing out that that pastors also aren't one type of person or one type of personality mm-hmm. you know, or one age. Um, you know, in being in different places and different ages, uh, I I love the actually kind of sitting in the middle of the contrast between the two of you, right? You're you're kind of talking about all these things that you could do. And Glenn, you're talking about here's the North Star. Mm. And somewhere I feel like there's got to be both of those, right? I just recently have been preaching through Ephesians and we we just hit on Ephesians chapter four. And it's talking about that the, the fact that the role of the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists and the pastors and teachers is to equip the body for the work of ministry. And in in one way, that's the, that's the outworking or that's another description of that Matthew 28, you know, great commission, teaching them to do all that I have commanded you. So that seems like that has to be the central hub with which we rotate around has to be that North star. We're equipping and spinning out things for people, um, giving them the ministry to do and not us pulling it all into ourselves. And yet that does look different. You know, 
I don't think in in 1950s American church, anybody was concerned about what your church website looked like. Nobody knew what an internet was. Um, nobody knew how to stick things on YouTube. Um, and yet, in a different time and a different age, those are there, maybe not as the end and of themselves, but might be a tool for that equipping, might be a tool for that outreach. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I think listening to both of you, both of you encourages and um, I don't want to say frustrates me, but it makes me try to figure out again, how do, how do all those things fit together? And then add the complexity of how each congregation is different as well. Each locale needs a different type of pastor or a different strength for a different time. You can have one pastor that fails miserably in one church, one location, and is, uh, and, and is successful, successfully loved in another. Um, same guy. Uh, you know, we wake up each day trying to be obedient, and uh, we want to work towards that same uh, desire being sought by those in our congregation. Uh, but that all happens uh, not in nice, neat packages, but through uh, the messiness of, of life and, and maturity of, uh, of the people that we serve. I would assume, too, that the longer a pastor and a congregation are connected, the less the questions about what do you do all day comes up. Because I, I would assume the heartbeat of the pastor and the heartbeat of the church are in tune with the rhythms of life and ministry, the expectations of the pastor and the, and the, and the church. And it's in those moments when either a pastor jumps around or kind of in my spot, even though it's been four years, still trying to figure out the, okay, so what do you do all day? I, I agree to a point, and, and, and that point is okay. if the pastor's been there so long that the community and the congregation have changed beneath them, mm. Um, mm. that that new congregation or that new community is asking and forcing the question to be asked, what are you doing all day long? Hmm. Uh, it might be, it might be that just, uh, de- developing that, that, that amazing message each Sunday was enough at one point, but now the desire is for that, that pastor to go out and engage the, the community more. And the congregation that is now coming with the kids of those that he started with are asking, how can we be more relevant in our, in our community? Hmm. Um, I've seen that happen, but that's over the long, long haul. I think uh, you're you're spot on with your with the principle there at at the, at the mid range for sure. If you guys were dealing with somebody, and maybe this is a conversation for all of us together, because I think we're all feeling this pull in multiple different directions. Um, somebody comes to you and feeling as a pastor is frazzled, feeling like they are getting pulled, you know, three hundred different directions. How would you settle them? and encourage them? Um, or maybe how would you, um, what questions would you ask them maybe to get them to focus or to find where they might settle themselves and their, their heart and their direction? Well, I just took some training and I like to get more training in this. And, and those that have had the same training, when I say these words, you'll know right what I'm talking about. Um, 
but it's like helping the past. I would like to help the pastor find his, his voice. Um, who, who are you? What, what, what do you have to say? How do you say it? Let me, let me, let's help you find your message and your voice and be able to, to put you in a position to be able to live that out. Uh, so that's, that's obviously can go a lot further with that, but just helping them to find their spot there, their, their place there. The other thing that, that was presented was what was called the hope meter and the idea, how, how hopeful are you today about tomorrow? And, and the idea of, of there were five particular areas that are factors that go into how hopeful I am. And certainly we want our pastors to be hopeful because they're hopefully be, uh, be hope dealers, so to speak, but just be able to, to walk that process through. And I think what that would do just kind of help, help that pastor in the midst, in the milieu of all of these doing kind of break, break out his life into these certain sections and see where, where, where are you hopeful? Where aren't you hopeful? What can we do? What are some next steps that can maybe help you get to where your voice can be uh, clearer and louder than ever? Uh, because that's why you're in this and we want you to stay in this for a long time. Hmm. I mean, I'll just offer really Andy, what, what you and Glenn have been able to offer to me, um, as I have, you know, young pastor been trying to settle myself in in full-time and lead ministry is that I'm not crazy for feeling the things that I'm feeling. I'm not crazy for going through the struggles that I'm going through. Um, I know Andy, especially just you and I, as we've gotten to sit down and, and, I, I have compared the cycles and the situations that I've gone through and, um, you, you start to offer, oh yeah, I went through that about this time and here's how, here's how this worked. And it's not necessarily comparing scars, but it's been, it's been really interesting. Um, Glenn, I haven't had as many opportunities with you, but Andy just sitting down and, and you kind of showing as, you know, in, in, you helping a, a me as as a fellow but younger pastor go, yep, buddy. Here's my scar that looks like this. This is how I got it. You'll make it out too, um, because it is a hard thing to figure out. You know, as Glenn pointed out at the very beginning of this, this is not the stuff they train you in seminary. They train you to be the the chief theologian. I only gave one day of the week to that, and that's not to say that you know it's not important. It's it's incredibly important, but. It's everything else. Um, and as much as, as much, you know, there, there probably is a place for you to say, I just want to read the word and preach. But either you're in a really, really small church or really, really big church and nothing in the middle. And the vast majority of the churches are in that middle. Um, so you're forced to figure out at least some of the other things. And the moment you start to have to figure out some of those other things, there's people involved. There's sinners involved, starting with yourself. So then there's going to be scars involved. Yeah, I, I love that idea that you're you're not crazy. You know, um, you're you're going to be pulled um, and find find where you can do the things you know how to do well, and find other people that can can help you do the things that you don't do well. Mm -hmm. What are you going to say, Glenn? Yeah, this has been quite the recruiting podcast. Um, <laughs> Come with us. Ministry is awesome. All of you out there that 
that have been wondering if you should become a pastor or not. We're here for you. It, it is, uh, you know, it, it is a great life, though. We get to be involved in so many people's lives with such important, uh, at important times, and uh, and hopefully make an impact that will uh, that will carry on into eternity. Uh, but it, it it is not for the faint of heart, and I just uh, really uh, appreciate you two for your faithfulness and uh, the strength that you bring to every day because you need it every day. But you do it to serve the Lord, but to serve the Lord's people. Hmm. And I appreciate that, uh, Glenn. I think one of the things that centers me is is it really does come back to first the horizontal, our connection and our relationship with with Christ, um, and seeking to love and to follow Him, and then secondly, loving the people that He has put us uh, to be the shepherd of, um, and we might have different ways of doing that. We might use different tools. Um, and, but we're really called to love him first and foremost, and then love the people Mm -hmm. that are around us. And, uh, if you can do those, well, you may do them differently in different generations in different places, but I think that's ultimately what God is calling you to do. Um, and hopefully that helps you to, to figure that out. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, guys, this has been a great conversation. Um, if uh, if you've decided not to be a pastor after this, uh, Lord be with you. But if you have and you have questions or issues, um, we would love to come alongside you. And I hope um, this this has been an encouragement to you in that struggle. So um, please, please feel free to reach out to us. And uh, hopefully you will catch us again next time on the Comparing Notes podcast. Thank you for listening to the Comparing Notes podcast. If you'd like to contact us, you can do so by emailing us at comparingnotes at gmail.com.